Welcome to the Atlantic Baptist Church Podcast. Visit our new website at AtlanticBC.org. Or check us out on Facebook for the latest updates. Now, here's Pastor Carlos. He decided way back in eternity that you would be part of his family. Now, if you really understand the magnitude of this truth, understanding the magnitude of this truth, can you say that you're measuring up with that privilege? Can you say that, that you are worthy, that you're getting to a point in which your worthiness level, it's, it's getting high enough to say, well, you know what? It is an awesome privilege that I am part of the family of God. Am I really measuring up with that privilege? I, am I really uh, becoming what I need to become to glorify the Father in my life and be able to say, yes, I am part of the family of God? I don't know about you, but you know, it is a privilege of being part of the Lugos family. But it's, it, it's a limited privilege. But it's an unlimited privilege to be able to say, I am part of the family of God. I'm not talking about just ABC Church. I'm talking about His universal family. It is an awesome privilege and, and it comes with a series of responsibilities. We are being influenced to follow the world's patterns, pattern of life for life and not God's pattern for life. In most cases, it is the wrong pattern. In most cases. Every first Sunday of the month, we have, we celebrate here the Lord's Supper. And as we observe the Lord's Supper, we are asked to examine ourselves and see if we are worthy to sit at the Lord's table and eat of the bread that represents His body, the body that was broken at the cross as a payment for our sin, and to drink the cup that represents the forgiveness and the washing of those of that sin in our lives. I always stand before you here and I say, let's take a minute and just think about this. And I want you to examine, the Bible says that, we are to examine ourselves. And I, and I ask you, okay, examine your, your life. At that moment. Many of you uh, do not give it too much thought. But you should. Because you see the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. That because people were taking the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. Many of them were sick and many died. I always kind of highlight the importance of that time of examining ourselves and, see, and saying, okay, what, is, what in my life did not measure up with the fact that I am a child of God? I need, to, I need to confess it. I need to repent from it. I need to make a commitment to God that I'm going to do better in that area. I even have offered you my cell phone in case you had some issue with someone and you don't have a phone to call. The office phone is, is, is available. My cell phone is available. Call the person and make things right. Because it is important that you come to the table of the Lord's Supper in a worthy manner. It is very, very important. And we do that every single first Sunday of the month. Now we know that Christmas 
is, is for the most part a time of celebration. But as we approach the end of the year, the end of this year, we ought to include the element of self-examination, the element of self-evaluation. It is, it's a great time to examine or prove ourselves to know if we are in alignment with God's mind and will. It's a very, very important. It is a great time to check ourselves and make sure that we are walking worthy of our calling. Now, I know that between this Sunday and, and next Sunday, you got to start, many people in the United States and in the world will start making some new re- year's re- resolutions. But just think about it. Usually it has to be with whether I need to lose weight or gain weight, whether I need to make more money or, make, or, or I'm okay, whether I need to buy a car or not buy a car, whether I need to go to this school and, or go to that school, whether I need to change a job or, or, or stay where I'm at, that, that is basically the mo- mostly what we do. There are worldly concerns that we make resolutions for. But I want to talk to you about your spiritual journey. I'm, I want to talk to you about, about your relationship with the Father, about this everyday <clears throat> thing that we call uh, uh, our spiritual journey. It is a great time for us to really examine ourselves and find out if we are, if we're walking in a way that is worthy of being called a child of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5, the one that I asked you to put a finger on, it says there, examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. Paul at this time has twice confronted the Corinthian brethren with their unworthiness in being part of Christ's family. Twice he has done it. As I, 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 you probably know, the, the Bible mentioned that, that he wrote three times to this church. One of the letters is lost, but in this letter, he's already, this is clearly, he says here, that twice he has confronted our brethren in the church of Corinth with their unworthiness, in being followers or being called followers of Christ or being part of, the, of Christ's family. On the third time, he closes his letter by asking, by asking them to do some uh, kind of self-examination to evaluate themselves. You see, many times we are, we're, our walk in Christ is not what it ought to be because we don't st- stop and, and, and look at ourselves in the mirror. We just keep on walking, and keep on walking, and keep on doing, and keep on acting. And we never say, okay, let's slow down, let's stop, and look at ourselves in the mirror, and find out if all that I am doing, all that I am becoming, it's in line of who I am in Christ. We don't take the time to do that. And Paul basically tell them this third time, that they need to do this. By doing so, they would see the issues that prevent them from glorifying God with their lives. 
and they can correct them and avoid the consequences of such issues. The same thing is with us. He's basically telling us today that we need to slow down, smell the roses, look in the mirror of who we have become, and then find out where all the 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 the, the, the issues in our lives are that do not measure up with who we are in Christ, and we need to confess them, we need to repent from them, and we need to do something about them. That is important for us to do. The idea of uh, this idea still applies to us as church because self-examination is necessary to correct ourselves on a regular basis. And we need to make sure through this, we make certain that, that we continue to bring honor to the Lord. We get so busy in this life that we get more concerned about our personal lives and our issues in life and the things that are happening in our lives and we constantly forget that everything we are needs to bring glory to our Father. He did not save you for Him to be embarrassed. He did not make you part of His family for you to ruin the family business. He made you part of the family so that you can become more like the family should be, like his son is. And we need to, and the only way we can do this is by stopping and, and, and looking at the mirror and seeing where are we falling short and try to do what we need to do to fix it. Paul provided them through this scripture, Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. He provided them and provide us today with three points that we need to ponder upon. We need to, there are three questions. I, I have three questions that we need to answer in our lives. And they are there in that scripture. The first question is, are you sure you are in the faith? Is the most important question. You're not in the faith, you're not in his family. Simple as that. So if you don't believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you have not made that commitment in your life to believe Christ Jesus as the only way, the only truth, the only one that can offer you eternal life, then you're not part of his family. So you have nothing to worry about but an eternal life without God in hell. That's all you have to worry about. But if, you, if, you, if you're part of his family, then you need to make sure that you are in, in, in the faith. The scripture says, examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Now, the original word translated examine in this verse means to test, to prove with the expectation of being found approved. It means to discern, to distinguish with the purpose of proving whether a thing is worthy or not. That's what it means. God is telling us in this scripture that it is important to look at ourselves and discern if we are truly in the faith. And if we are living out the principles and the commitments that define us as Christians. If we're living out the kind of life that Jesus modeled for us in this world. You know, the, the first thing you need to ask yourself The first, first thing you need to do is, uh, uh, are you, answer is, are you 
sure that Christ lives in you? Are you 100% sure that, that He is your Lord and Savior? Are you 100% sure that if you die today, you will immediately be in the presence of God forever? Are you 100% sure? If your answer is yes, then you need to answer to yourself and say, why? Why am I 100% sure? If your answer is no, then why not? Why not? God did His part. All you need to do is believe. All you need to do is come to Him understanding that you cannot save yourself, that you're a sinner and cannot save yourself. And there is only one way to receive salvation. There's only one way to assure eternal life living with God. There's only one way to find forgiveness for the sin in our lives. There's only one way to become part of the family of Christ. And that is through Christ Jesus. There's no other way. You can be the greatest person in the, in the earth, and there's a lot of great people that are not in heaven today. You can be the greatest parent in, in, in the world, and there's a lot of great parents that are not in heaven today. You can be the best employee. You can be the best employer. You can be the, per, the best retired person. You can be the best teenager and child in, 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 in history. And there's a lot of great childs and great, uh, children and great great retired people on this earth that are not in heaven right now. Why? Because it's not about how good you are. Because you ain't. You're not good. I'm not good either. Ask my wife and my children, they're back there. I am not good either. See, the Bible says there isn't one that is good. And when the Bible says that there ain't one that is good, there ain't one. As simple as that. You can't change that. So you can think that you're that good. You're fooling yourself. I don't believe it. Don't try to prove it. Because God said you're not. And the Bible says there's only one way. So first thing you need to answer is, are you 100% that you are in the faith that you are, that Christ lives in you, that you, if you were to die today, you would make it to heaven. And if you say yes, you need to know why. And if you say no, I ask you why. Because in reality, God has done everything He is going to do to bring you to His family. The next step is yours. Now, secondly, I want to talk to you, to those that are already that answer the, the first question saying yes and you know why. Uh, those of you that know Christ as your Lord and Savior. I, I want to give you one or two examples and there are more. But I want, to, I want you to think this way. Unfortunately, our tendency is to either have a wrong perception of who we are. And how we act. Or to compare ourselves with others with a purpose of looking better and feeling better about ourselves. When we come to examine ourselves, sometimes we believe that we are much more than we actually are. You know, we, our heads get twice the size. 
and we can't find anything wrong that we've done. I've never done anything wrong. I'm okay. It was my husband's fault. It was my wife's fault. It was somebody else's fault, but it's, hey, I didn't do anything wrong. So I'm, I'm, I'm that good. I'm really that good. So we tend to have this idea that we are better than we really are. That's one of the tendencies. The other tendency is that we know how bad we are, but we always try to find somebody that is worse than we are. Don't we? And those are the ones that we say, well, you know, I will be bad, but it's not as bad as John, you know. I, no, no, not even close. Burn, it's way over my league when it comes to being bad. I checked with your wife before I said that. No, I didn't. We have that tendency. Well, I want to tell you, if you have the tendency of, of thinking better that you're better than you really are, you need to ask God, who knows you very, very well, you need to go on your knees and find a quiet place, and, and you ask God that the Holy Spirit that lives in you guide you to honestly and accurately evaluate your life. And show you the areas that you need to work on. It's called humility. You have to humble yourself and go to the one that really knows you well. And say, you know, the pastor preached today about examining myself. And I think that I am very, very good. What do you think? Father, would you take the Holy Spirit that lives in me and kind of... Roll a, a movie and show me who I, I really am. Who, who um, you know, if, if I'm as good as I think that I am. And then you wait and listen. You wait and listen. After all, the Bible says that when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. Right? So he won't lie to you. He'll tell you in a loving way who you really are. And how you really are. And, 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 and the things that you've done that are good, bad, and ugly. He will reveal them to you. In the second case, you know, when, when, when you get this tendency to find somebody that's a little worse than you. And, and you say, well, I'm better than him. I'm better than her. I want, I want to tell you that I, I, I feel your pain, okay? It is, it is easier to see the faults of others and a little more difficult to, to recognize our own faults. We're there. That's what I have church for. That's what I have my spouse, my wife, my children, my brothers, my sisters in Christ. Because when I think that I am uh, up here, they know me well. They bring me down to earth. Okay, you're not walking on water. You're walking on the carpet on the stage. Get down. Get down. It is easier for you to see the fault of others, but you, it, we're not evaluating others. The message today says examining ourselves. Not examining your wife, your husband, your children, the person next to you or behind you or in front of you. 
It's examining yourself. But what I, I, I got to tell you, I, I, I was, as I was studying that, I, I came across a scripture that, 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 that shows me how dumb it is to, to try to compare yourself with somebody else. It is dumb. It is self-deceiving to, to try to, to compare myself to someone else. And it is really dumb according to the scripture. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12, you can mark that and memorize it. Paul says, for we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. But they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. In other words, it is a lost cost for you to compare with somebody else. They have their own bunch of issues. And you may be better than them on one side, but then on the other side, they're much better than you. It's a total different ball game. So what is it that we need to do? Well, first thing I encourage you to do is is when you do this self-examination is to go to God. Go to the Father. And ask the Father to use the Holy Spirit that's already in you, if you know Christ, to show you who you really are. To, with a lot of mercy and, 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 you know, loving way, be gentle. Just tell me who I really am. And He will. And the second thing you need to do is, is very, very simple. You, you need to stop looking for somebody else that is better than you. Just be in a closet by yourself. And don't, don't compare yourself with anybody else. The Bible says all of us, nothing between uh, between us and God. Our face is shining with the brightness of His face. And so we are transfigured much like the Messiah. Our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like Him. It is in the mirror of the Lord Jesus Christ that you and I need to look into. You want to compare with somebody else? Don't compare with me. Because you know what? We're both, both losers. You compare with the only winner. You look at the, at the mirror of Jesus Christ. You go to the Word of God and you look at what He did and what, how He behaved and the things He said and the thing He did. And you measure yourself up to Him and you'll realize that you are very, very short. There's a long way to go. There's a lot of work to be done. It is Jesus who we need to compare our lives with. And then you'll be able to know if you're really in the faith. First question is, are you sure you are in the faith? The second question I find in this scripture is, do you know who you are in Christ? If you know Christ as your Lord and Savior, do you know who you are in Him? The scripture says, do you not know yourselves? That Jesus Christ is in you? My brothers and sisters, don't you understand the, 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 how huge that is? Now that you are sure that you are in the faith, you need to know who you are in Christ. And we spoke about this thoroughly not too long ago in a series of messages. But I want, to, I want you to know that knowing who you are in Christ and that He is in you will go a long way in helping you. 
examine yourself regularly. It'll go a long, long way in just laying down the the reason why we need to examine ourselves regularly. You know, examining ourselves is more than just finding out how far we have come from the time of our conversion. I mean, I can, I can do an inventory and I can say, okay, this is who I was back in 1971, back in 1980, back in 1990, back in 2000, and all that kind of stuff, and see how far God has brought me from in my Christian walk. But it, that's, not, that is, that's not it. That's not the main reason why I examine myself. Examining ourselves also helped me and helped you. It helps us see how farther we still have to go to be like Jesus. And that is the ultimate goal, isn't it? To be more in the likeness of our Savior. Isn't that the final goal? It helps us know that we need to do what what we need to do to be a true model and a true witness for Christ in this world. Someone said, beyond honesty, identifying how far we have come, I'm sorry, beyond honestly identifying how far we have come, we also need to recognize and acknowledge the stony parts that are still in us, repenting from God with our whole hearts. See, it is not just about to see how much I have grown in Christ, but it's also to get to know how much I need to still grow in Christ. Because you see, I told you, and the Bible says it, that job never ends. That pursuit doesn't end on this side of eternity. It will not be completed by you. It will be completed by the Father when He, tra- he transforms you and gives you a body, a perfect body that will withstand eternity, that will be able to spend time with God for all eternity. But you need to start now. You need to start now. For, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, or do, or, do not, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for you were bought at, at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which belong to God anyway. Glorify Him with it. <coughs> if I were to paraphrase what Paul said in this scripture, this is what I would say. Do you realize, my brother and sister, I want you to listen to this because it's very important. Do you realize the magnitude of your relationship with God and the obligation This puts you under to live every second as an example of God's way of living. Do you ever think about that? You were not saved to be an ordinary human being. You were saved to be an extraordinary extraordinary one. Always showing the world how Christ would have been like if he was here. That's what you were saved for. That's what we were saved for. That's why I want you to look in the mirror and just just ask yourself, would I adopt myself in the family of God? 
Because God did not die, Jesus did not die at the cross of Calvary just to give you eternal life and for you to continue to do anything you want to do. You have to reflect them in this world. That's what he saved us for. So how, how are you doing in that area of your life? Can people see Christ through you? That is a question we all need to ask ourselves every single second of our lives. Every single relationship we have, whether it's at work, at school, at home, anywhere we are, we need to really ask ourselves, is Jesus Christ being reflected by me? Are they seeing Jesus through me? That is a very important question. Are you sure you're in the faith? Do you know who you are in Christ? The last question is, do you measure up? The last, the last question. Do you measure up? Paul says in the scripture today, unless indeed you are disqualified. And you know what disqualified means? Disqualified means not standing the test, rejected. It suggests something being unacceptable, disapproved. To be disqualified is to be unfit and unworthy of the Lord's presence in us. Have you thought about that? A disqualified person is cut off from God. This is the worst possible outcome of our lives as we seek to follow Jesus Christ. Listen to me well, but when I tell you to, that, that you need to pay attention to this, it's very important because to insist to live in sin and to give a wrong projection of Christ to the lost world is like slapping Jesus in the face. And I don't think any of us want to do that. It's like using him for our eternal destiny, but then partnering with the devil for, for this side of eternity. It doesn't make sense. It's a dangerous place to be also. If you look in the scripture, in the book of Hebrews, the word says, For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth... There no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will be the uh, the worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot? Counted the blood of the covenant by which he has sanctified a common thing and insulted the spirit of grace? We know him who said, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says, says the Lord. And again, the Lord would judge his people. And then he finishes by saying, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. You know what that means? If we consist, continue to slap Jesus in the faith and discredit what he's done in our lives and not showing the world who he really is in us, we're not making our Father happy. We're getting him a little upset. I don't know about you, 
But one of the things that I, 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 I've seen happen many times is, is to have a child in a family that, dis, that discredit and, and, and really embarrasses the parents in a home because of their behavior and the things they do. The pain is unbelievable. And that's exactly what we're doing with our Father in heaven when we insist in living life our way instead of looking at the mirror of Jesus Christ and evaluating ourselves to see if we are worthy of being called a child of God. How do we avoid falling into the danger in this dangerous situation? Well, it's very simple. Paul gives us the answer today. He said, we examine ourselves honestly and accurately. We continue to work on our spiritual victories, but we need to repent from our shortcomings and sin, and we need to commit ourselves to do better in those areas. Always, always, always following the lead of Jesus Christ in our Bibles. But you see, if you don't read your Bible, you don't know what I'm talking about. If you don't get a a proper diet of, of, of devotional time with the Lord, you will not have that intimate relationship with Him, and you will not care. You will not care. Although everything in this world will challenge your effort to be more like Jesus, I want you to remember one thing, and that is that the Lord is on your side. If you're willing to do this, if you really take this message serious in your life for the year to come, and even for the year that passed, He will always be on your side. He said, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For He Himself, God Himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may, so we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? That is a call to commitment. What can the world do against you by you becoming more like Jesus Christ? Nothing. The worst thing they can do is kill you and they just give you an early ticket to heaven. But you see, what happened is that we have believed in Jesus Christ in the hopes of an eternity, but we still do not believe in that eternity. And we're still struggling with the idea of letting this side of eternity go. And we can't say like like Paul. Paul said it very clearly. I want to stay around for the benefit of those who are my brothers and sisters, but if I have to go, better. Much better. What can the world do against you if you want to become more like the Lord Jesus Christ? What can they do? The worst thing they can do is deprive us of our life. Now, in the United States, that's that's against the law. But if it becomes part of the law, still, it's just a ticket to the other side of eternity. And finally, I don't have to worry about paying the mortgage anymore. Now, in your hands there, in your bulletin, 
I want you to pull this thing out of the, the, the bulletin there. And if you don't have one, please get one. This is, this is for you to keep. It's going to be in our website too. But you know what? Just about everybody that sits with me and start trying to figure out things in their lives, they come to me with issues in their lives. Just about every one of them, I ask them the same questions. How are your spiritual disciplines going? Are you praying? Are you daily reading, having a a, a good doses of the Word of God? Are you congregating with other believers? They're not the greatest people in the world, but it's great to be with them. They're awesome. I mean, I wouldn't be as good and as bad as I am if, if I was not surrounded by you guys. It is an awesome thing. So how is your congregating with other believers? How about doing life with a smaller group? I mean, if, if you have not tasted that yet, you're missing out on the greatest thing that God created as, as, as small groups come together and daily meet and, and they hang out together and they learn from one another and they grow together and they serve together and they share the gospel together. I mean, it is a great experience. How's your, your giving? How's your sharing the gospel? How's your sh- serving other people? These are basic areas of Christian walk. I am not even giving you the hard ones yet. These are the basic ones. Those of you who have children, just think about the basic things your baby did. I don't know any baby that was born dancing the Macarena. They had to learn how to turn first. And they had to crawl. They had to stand. They had to climb then they kind of almost got there. Because I, I, I do all those things and I still can't dance in Macarena. So the, the truth is that, that these are all basic things that we need to do in our lives. And you want to grow spiritually, you got to build a great foundation. And if you know Christ is your Lord and Savior, this is the rest of that foundation. If you at least evaluate how your life was this year, in this eight areas. And commit yourself to make it better next year. I guarantee you that next year, by this time, you will not be walking on water, but you'll be very close. You'll be very, very close. And a lot of things in your life would be very, very different than they are today. This is just a, 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 a very simple and very foundational evaluation sheet. So I want you to take it with you. I want you to examine yourself, how you're doing in these basic areas of Christian living. And and I want you to commit yourself to to be honest. Ask the Holy Spirit to let you know, really, really how you're doing. I, I don't need to know unless you want me to know. But I don't need to know. God knows and you know. And let's all get committed to be better followers of Christ for the year 2014. Is that a deal? Father, I I thank you so much for this time together. I thank you for the blessings that we receive in 2013. And Father, as we close this year, having this, the last worship service that we come together, 
I thank you for all the great things and the bad things that we experienced in 2013. Every single one of them, none of them have been wasted by you. Every single one of them have taught us something, have helped us in, in, in one way or another, or we have grown through them, Father. Father, we thank you for all the answered prayers in this year. We thank you for all the ones that are still to be answered, Father, from you. We thank you for the miracles that we saw this year. We thank you for every person that came, who came to know Christ as the Lord and Savior in this year. We thank you for everyone that found in Atlantic Baptist Church their spiritual home. And Father, I pray that as we evaluate ourselves, the Holy Spirit that lives in us, help us to be honest and to be accurate in our evaluation. That we celebrate and, and, and continue to grow in those areas that we're doing well. But Father, that we repent for the sins that we're still carrying in our lives and for the areas in our lives that are not worthy of, uh, do not help us to be worthy of call, being called your children. We help us to repent and help us to do better for your honor, for your glory. Help us not to look at, at each side, not to our left, not to our right, but only up to the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for your blessings. Thank you for the trials and for the difficulties this year brought. And we look forward with excitement to what you're going to do next year. Bless my brothers and sisters. In Jesus' name.